This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun. Carr's going to throw. Pumps. Looks end zone. Throws for the end zone. Wide open. James Young. I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag What's good, Raider Nation? This is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at Untuck It. I'm Fallon Smith with my guy, James Jones. And I'm assuming you got a busy day today at the NFL Network, James, covering Black Monday. Absolutely, man. They got me over here. I got to talk about coaches getting fired and all type of crazy (laughs) stuff over here on the Aftermath show today. So we got a couple big timers out there right now on the show right now. You see them all on the phone as I'm watching this TV doing the podcast. They on the phone, who get fired, who get hired and all that stuff. But it's a good day. So I'll go on in a little bit and, and try to get my little two cents. Well, the good news is the Raiders don't have to worry about the coaching carousel, at least not Yet, (laughs) 10-year, $100 million contract for John Gruden. But in all this coaching news, there is actually some contract news, some player news for the Raiders. Uh, Guard Richie Incognito and the Raiders have agreed to a two-year contract extension worth $14 million, including $6.35 million guaranteed. Um, I like this. I mean, he resurrected his career this season in Oakland. Um, I hated that he got injured late in the season, but he was a great addition to the O-line. Do you like this signing, James? Absolutely. I mean, remember I always tell you you need a couple of those dogs on your football team, right? Yeah. And I think it really hurt us when um, we lost Vontez Burfick, you know, because he was obviously one of those dogs on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, can get in people fakes, can challenge people and things like that. And that's the same thing you're getting with Richie Incognito. You're getting a grimy guy, you're getting a dog, you're getting a dude that always works extremely hard, that you need on your ball club and when he was in on the O-line man obviously I mean shoot you got the front runner for the rookie of the year running behind you so it's the reason why he's getting all them yards so this is this is well deserved and it's good for the Raiders build up front well as for the Raiders on the field uh, they lost to the Broncos on Sunday 16-15 was the final we're not going to break down that game because there's no point the season is over But I will say this, the Raiders had no business losing that football game. I mean, for God's sakes, they outgained the Broncos offense by over 240 yards. You know, they were, the problem was they were one in five in the red zone. Then you have Daniel Carlson, who misses a freaking chip and field goal. Carr, he was off target uh, when there was a wide open Hunter Renfro. Then another Renfro touchdown was overturned, which was complete BS. I'm sure you saw that part. And so they go for it on fourth down and Alec Ingold is called short, which again, 
That was BS. Okay, they call him short of the goal line. They review it and they still say that he was short. It looked to me that he definitely crossed the goal line. And while we're doing this podcast, I'm sure the NFL is probably going to come out here and apologize to the Raiders once again. But despite all of that, the Raiders still had a chance to win the game. Instead of tying it um, and heading to overtime, they decided to go for the two-point conversion and the win. But Derek Carr's pass was batted down by former Raider, your former teammate, Shelby Harris. <laughs> Shelby. Yeah, man. Another <laughs> fitting loss, though, for the Oakland Raiders. So, yeah, the refs screwed the Raiders, but the game shouldn't even have been close. Right, J.J.? It shouldn't have even been close, but watching the game, listen, so, you know, there's a lot of things when you come into these team meetings, there's a lot of things that you don't pay attention to. And a lot of stuff when coaches get up there and they're throwing out all these numbers of the statistics and all that of saying, okay, look, if we go this percentage on third down and we get into third and three and less and all that, and they're giving you all this stuff and they're like, we got a great chance of winning the game. Uh, a lot of that stuff is blah, blah to all of us. We're like, man, what is y'all giving us all these numbers for? We're not even paying attention. It's in the morning. We're sleepy and all this yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's one thing that I always paid attention to. And that's the turnover margin. Yeah. And when you do not win the turnover margin in the game, coaches always used to say it's a 95% chance you're going to lose the game. Yep. And that's one statistic that I always looked at. Even after the game when I played, like, dang, did we, we lost the turnover battle. That's why we got slapped out here. Yeah. Dang, we lost the turnover. You know, or we only had one turnover and we found a way to win late in the game. You know, so when you're on the road and you're turning the ball over like the Raiders turned the ball over, it's going to be tough to win the ball game, no matter how many yards you gain, because you're giving them short fields, you turning the football over and you taking a possession away from the offense. So the thing is, I'm looking at yesterday's stats and I'm looking at the turnover margin and there were two fumbles lost, one on each team. So the turnover margin was technically equal. So are you talking about, you know, like the missed chip in field goal, which gave the Broncos good field position and then turnover on downs, of course, when they didn't. And you got to understand when you, yeah, when you don't get it on fourth down, that's a turnover too. That's what I'm saying. When you miss chip shot field goals and give them short fields and then you get down there in a red zone and you, you turn the ball over on, on downs, fourth down, you don't get it. I mean, those are crucial plays in the game that you could have got points on. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the game, with that game being very close, I mean, shoot, if you kick it right there, the Raiders win. You know what I'm saying? But those are huge turnovers in the game that, you know, those will cost you to lose ball games, and it did. Well, as far as that two-point conversion, though, goes, I completely hear you on that, the turnover margin. But I actually had mixed feelings about it. Because uh, John Gruden said, you know, the reason why we went for it is because we lost a bunch of linebackers. So uh, we just wanted to end the game then and there. Right. So I had mixed feelings. I actually could say, OK, I get what you're saying. Also, the season's over. You have nothing to lose. Just freaking go for it. Whatever. Yeah, and you're playing and you're playing on the road. You know what I mean? Yes. And Fallon, you got you got to believe that Coach Gruden has people watching the game. So if he's like, Tennessee's blowing these people out there winning, man, let's go for this and let's get out of here. Ain't no need to take this thing into overtime and mess around and risk one of our players getting hurt coming in the next season. You know what I mean? Like anything can happen on any given play. Okay, Tennessee won. There's no way we could get in the playoffs right now. You know, let's say, let's just go for it, try to win it right here. If we win it, we win it. If we don't, we don't. But we're not going to send our players into overtime and mess around and lose another guy and we already battle an injury. So I I agree with Coach Gruden. 110 percent yeah okay no doubt about that all right well we're done with the game the Raiders lost had no business losing 
Boo. <laughs> so in their <laughs> final year as the Oakland Raiders, they wrap up their 2019 campaign with a 7-9 and record. Now, not bad considering they only won four games last year. They had a brutal schedule traveling the most miles in the NFL, had that long stretch of road games. All the injuries, you know, to key players. You got the Vontez suspension, Antonio Brown drama, the refs costing the Raiders a couple games. Yeah, I went there. And then, you know, they were playing meaningful football in December, including yesterday, um, which ended up, of course, not mattering. However, what I found the most troubling, James, is that they were 1-6-4 and and controlled their own destiny. And then they stumbled to the finish line, losing five of their final six games. And that was the easiest part of their schedule, James. So for me, I think that was the disappointing part. You know, when you look back on the 2019 season, how do you feel about it? Um, Fallon, you hit it right on the nose, man. I mean, you you look at it to where, I mean, we always break these the season up in quarters. First quarter of the season, our schedule was very tough. Second quarter, it still was tough. Third quarter, it got a little bit easier. Fourth quarter, it was extremely easy. And I'm not saying easy because, I mean, that's why you play the games on Sunday because you got to – but for you to put yourself in position after you beat Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. put yourself in great position to make this run at the playoffs, and you had Jacksonville. I think you had the Jets. I think you Mm -hmm. had just, just a bunch of bad teams, the Broncos, and you found a way to lose five of those games. Yeah. Even if you find a way to gut out two of those games, I mean, you're looking at yourself being in the playoffs right now. Exactly. At 9-7 and seven, or at 10-6, and six, you know, whatever that may be, finding a way to win a couple of those games. Yeah. So that's disappointing because, for me, this Raiders team was just inconsistent this year. Because yeah. there's some games I watched them play at home, like this is a very good football team. You know what I mean? Like, they play with so much passion, so much energy. I mean, they got a very good run game. I mean, I was saying on the podcast all year long that this Raiders team knows exactly who they are. Not a lot Mm -hmm. of teams know that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're going to run the ball. We're going to get the ball out fast out of Derek Carr's hands. And it was working for them. And we're going to try to make some plays on defense. It was working. And then to go down the stretch and play the type of football that they were playing, I'm like, this is a very bad football team. This football team might not be that good. They were just inconsistent all year. And I understand it was injuries. I understand you you, you lack a talent on the outside or certain places, you know, on your roster. But so was those other sorry teams that you played. And they gutted those wins out. And yep. They found a way to beat you guys. And you guys, they should have found a way to win at least two or three of those games. Yeah. And then they got blown out by some bad teams. That's the sad part. Yeah. <laughs> Getting yeah. blown out by yeah. the Jets. And the Titans weren't, um, aren't a bad team. You see that they're in the playoffs yeah, right I li- now. Yeah, I like the Titans. The yeah, Tigers you, you are playing like good football. But those other teams, yes, you should have either been in that game losing at the end of the game or you should have been winning those games. But you shouldn't have been getting blown out by no. the Jets and things like that. And then that. you go back and look at the Texans game that we said that they should have won, you know. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the Jacksonville game that they should have won. You just can't – you can't finish oh, man, close preach. games against yeah. bad teams. I mean, then you're not a great yeah. team and you don't deserve to be yeah. in the playoffs. And the Raiders don't. But we have to talk about Derek Carr because his future, of course, with the Raiders was a hot topic after the game. Now, me and you are both big fans of D.C. We both say, hey, he Mm -hmm. needs a number one receiver. That is not debatable. That is not arguable. That is facts. Okay, his top pass catcher this year was tight end Darren Waller, who had a breakout season with 90 catches for 1,145 yards and three touchdowns. Um, And then you had Hunter Renfro, big rookie season. Tyra Williams fell off the second half of the season, didn't live up to expectations or uh, technically his number one receiver billing. However, he is a number two receiver. The Raiders did not have a number one. With that said, 
Carr has many critics. And, and those critics, James, are going to point out that, all right, after yesterday's game, he's 1-10 in 10 in games played in 45 degrees or colder, yeah. uh, which included yesterday's game, which was 30 degrees in Denver. And the fact that he's 39-55 and 55 in six seasons as the Raiders starter. And get this. Oh, Lord, I can't believe I'm about to say this either. But it's kind of funny and fitting. <laughs> but the only NFL quarterback to lose more games in his first six seasons was his brother, David Carr, <laughs> yeah. who was 23 and 56. So Derek has lost 55 games in his first six seasons in the NFL. David lost 56. So honestly, I don't think anyone can say with 100% certainty that Derek Carr will be the Raiders starting quarterback next year in Las Vegas. I'm assuming that he will be. You know, I'm assuming that's the case, but you never know with John Gruden because there's only seven guys on the active roster right now that were with Gruden when he took over two years ago. Yeah. Okay, so we all know you believe in D.C. You believe that he should be the starter Mm -hmm. next year. But what is your gut feeling telling you about what will actually happen? Well, my gut feeling tells me what will actually happen is Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback for the uh, for the for the Oakland Raiders. Well, the Las Vegas Raiders. For the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's going to be hard to get out, so I'll probably <laughs> struggle with that for the next four five years. But for the Las Vegas Raiders, strictly because Coach Gruden, I believe, and me being at training camp and being at some of these practices, knows how special Derek Carr is. And what I want to let let a lot of Raider fans know is. One player is not going to win you a bunch of ball games, you know. And when Derek Carr, let, let's let if we really want to keep it real, real, let's keep it real, real. All right. Every team he's been on besides that one year with Jack Del Rio has been absolutely terrible, and he has had to win ball games by himself. Mm-hmm. And put the team on his back and win ball games. And he's found a way to get that done. And he's found a way to give the Oakland Raiders a couple seasons of one in the playoffs. Uh, too bad he got hurt. And then a couple seasons to where, dang, we still playing some meaningless games in December to try to find a way to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But when I first got to Oakland in 2014, I mean, he Derek Carr didn't start off on a good foot. We had a terrible football team. And as a quarterback, when you already start in the hole 0-10, I mean, it's hard to get out of that win-wise. Yeah. And then when you have 37 different offensive coordinators and 37 <laughs> different coaches, I mean, that, that that's hard to do. And he still went out there and played football at a high level. Did he make some mistakes here and there? Absolutely. But Derek Carr has shown us everything about being a special quarterback. And if I'm Coach Gruden and I'm saying, okay, listen, we have a very good quarterback. We got a very good running game. We got a very good offensive line. Basically, our offense is set. We got a very good number two, a very good slot receiver okay let's go in either in free agency or the draft and get one big time receiver to go on the other side and we got a big time tight end in Darren Waller our offense is set now let's build a championship defense for Derek Carr so he does not have to win all these games by his because he did have a terrible defense in all six seasons that he's been in the league for sure preach Fallon all six seasons that he's been in the NFL so let's put a good defense around him like oh the Patriots done Tom Brady because every Super Bowl he's won he's had a top 10 defense and five out of those Super Bowls he had a top five defense the one Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers won he had a top 10 defense right now he has a top 10 defense and they're winning games Aaron's not winning all these games on his right 
right arm, but his defense is winning them games. Oh, mm-hmm. let's go to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not a baller like that, but he has a top 10 defense. Facts. Last year when Mitchell Trubisky was balling and having all the success, he wasn't dominant like that, but oh, he had a top 10 defense. Let's build around this guy. Let's give him a very good defense, another number one receiver, and you'll see him take off and have you in the playoffs, but this team has a lot of holes, and Derek Carr cannot cover him up for everybody, and he's been doing his best over the last six seasons to do that, and I'm surprised he even got as many wins as he has. Ooh, facts on facts on facts. Okay, yeah, you were definitely keeping it real. I actually agree with you. I mean, but Derek Carr has not been, you know, this awesome, ridiculous quarterback. He has made his mistakes. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's been a top five quarterback in the league. But when you're looking for quarterbacks to build around, Derek Carr is one of those quarterbacks. He's a special passer of the football. He's a special quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. Build around him. Give him some help so he does not have to win all these ball games by himself. Even when they, the year they went 13 and three or 12 and four, whatever that was with Jack Del Rio, he was winning all these games by himself. Mm-hmm. Games coming down the line, two minute drives. He was winning. Winning all these games. The mm-hmm. Raiders shouldn't ha- even have that many wins right now. And if you put any other quarterback in there, I don't know if they would deliver as many wins as DC did. No, I 100% agree with you. And this is only the second time in his career that he has had the same play caller in back-to-back seasons. So, and, and the problem with this team is he didn't have a number one receiver. He had a number one receiver in 2016. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, what are you hearing, though, about, you know, John Gruden and Derek Carr's relationship? Because a lot of people do believe that they're not on the same page. Even some national writers are saying they're not synced. They're not on the same page. John Gruden is coming out to the media and backing his quarterback. But behind the scenes, that's not really how it's going. Well, I mean, behind the scenes, whenever I have been around Coach Gruden in D.C. at the same time, To me, it seems like the relationship is unbelievable. It seems like they love each other. It seems like they both want the same thing. You know, you talk to Derek Carr. I mean, he loves Coach Gruden. You talk to Gruden solo. He loves Derek Carr. I mean, and even out there watching him work together, When I, not even in in training camp when I went out there, but I went out there for a couple other practices during the season. And, I mean, these dudes was, you know, they seem like, man, okay, they're going to be together for a long time. Like, they're starting to understand each other. They're starting to, to get on the same page. I mean, it's the second year for both of them working together in the same system. So, I mean... I don't really make too much of it. Obviously, the people writing got to write, and they got to write something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just like everybody's been writing about Aaron Rodgers and the floor. Oh, my goodness, how is this going to work? And then you talk to Aaron, and he's like, I don't even know what all these people is talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like me and Matt LaFleur, man, we communicate great. I mean, we have a great relationship. We talk all the time. I mean, everything's good. And not just when we win and when we're losing. You know what I mean? We're on the same page. We're chasing the same thing. Like the relationship is great. But if you hear all the writers, they're like, oh, my goodness, this is not going to work. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur don't get along. Look at how Aaron Rodgers looks at him. Look at how Gruden looks at D.C. Okay, it's competitive football. It's a competitive sport. We're both trying to win. We're not going to smile at each other 24-7, but it doesn't necessarily mean that our relationship is done. Fallon, you argue with your husband. I argue with Tamika all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean the relationship is done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, writers got to write, you know, and, and that's what they're writing, but I think the relationship is fine. Dang, you bringing your A-game today. Keeping it 300, bringing the fire. I'm loving it. I think what Raider Nation is going to love uh, is the fact that the future is bright. So before we get to that, we have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to discuss that, the Raiders' future. We will look ahead to next season. And we will discuss the end of an era in Oakland. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Hey, Blue Wire listeners. Ever see an untucked button down and then you thought to yourself, man, that looks terrible. That looks sloppy. I mean, if it's untucked, yeah, it definitely looks bad. Why? Because button down shirts weren't meant to be worn that way. But thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. Yeah, no matter your size or your shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. I just bought one for my dad, and I'm super excited for him to wear it because he always wears his button-downs untucked. And I tell him, Dad, that looks sloppy. Why are you doing that? Plus, my dad's lost 50 pounds on keto, so... I was excited to buy him a shirt that actually fits and looks great. And with more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, athletic guys, and guys of all ages, okay? So no matter who you are, you can wear it. I mean, my dad is 70 years old, so I'm excited that I bought him one. Haven't seen it on him yet, but I cannot wait. Um, And my husband, who's 33, he wears it, and he has a completely different build than my father. But you can find your favorite Untucket styles online or check out one of their 80 brick and motor stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or a birthday gift or just trying to craft a smart or relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. So why don't you visit untuckit.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. Again, that's untuckit.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off. That's B-L-U-E. You know, like Blue Wire. So don't mess that up. All right, we are back. I want to talk about the Raiders' future. And we've said this all season long, you know, throughout the Raiders' struggles, that they have a talented young core that they can build around. And although the defense definitely, you know, had their struggles this year, I think one of the positives, James, is that in 2018, the Raiders' defense had just 13 sacks as a team, which was dead last in the NFL. This year, they racked up 32 sacks, which is 24th in the NFL, and a third of those sacks came from rookie Max Crosby. Now, this is what we're going to real quick debate, because I think Max Crosby has a great case for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And here's why, though. 10 sacks, four forced fumbles, 17 tackles for losses, four passes defensed, right? Oh, and by the way, that's the first, he's the first rookie since Joey Bosa, did it in 2016 to record 10-plus sacks and 15-plus tackles for loss in a single season. His brother, Nick Bosa, this year, everyone's talking about him being, you know, the defensive rookie of the year. But look at Nick Bosa's stats on a way better defense. Nine sacks, one forced fumble, 16 tackles for loss, and two passes defense, right? And an interception. Max Crosby's numbers, minus the interception, are better than Nick Bosa's. And he's on a better team with the better defense. So I'm saying Max Crosby was carrying this defense, a terrible defense, as a rookie. And and I and I mean I like your argument, Fallon. I mean I, I see all the numbers that you're throwing <laughs> at me, and I mean all those numbers are good. But sometimes, like I tell everybody, I feel like numbers are overrated. And in this case, I kind of feel like numbers are overrated. And number one. 
who I feel like another guy, another person that people are really overlooking because of all the primetime games Bosa had and everybody gets to see him go to work. And the Raiders really didn't have a lot of primetime games for people to see. But Allen, the defensive end from the Jacksonville Jaguars, oh, he Josh has Allen. been a monster. I mean, he has double-digit sacks and a bunch of tackles for loss and fumbles and all that. He has been he has been balling and been playing at a higher level than Nick Bosa. And I've been arguing with people that man, maybe he should be up there for defensive player of the year too because he has been been causing havoc. But when I watch Bosa. Mm-hmm. And I see the plays that he makes without even making the play. <laughs> yeah, okay. What, and what I mean by that is he's changing, he's dominating the game, and he might not necessarily be racking up the stats, but the pressures that he gets to get the quarterback to step up in the pocket, I mean, and let his other let his other teammates just, just go to work. I mean, every single play on defense, you could see that he's having a game-changer moment in the game. And when I watch Crosby, yes, the stats are there, and he, he, makes, a, he, makes, he makes some plays, but every single play, I don't see him show up like I see Bosa show up, and sometimes those stats can get overlooked and I don't see people coming out and saying okay we're playing the Raiders we got to put two to three guys on Crosby that's when true that, the, now that's true no, 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 play, no that's true yeah when they play the Niners this we cannot let this dude right here wreck the game yeah. and I understand they have six first rounders on the D-line but this is the first rounder that we cannot let wreck this game you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I feel like they go in there Max Crosby has one-on-one a lot he's winning his one-on-ones as he should and he's had a great year nothing taken away from him he's going to be a great player but the things that Bosef has brought this season I mean he's just been dominant even when he doesn't get the sack man he's he's always just getting the pressures helping his team out I mean you watched him last night yeah. I mean Russell Wilson probably could have had 40 to 60 more yards scrambling and he's down there chasing him down tripping him up making tackles you know outside the numbers I mean he's, he's just had, his, had himself a big time year so I believe it's between him and Allen from uh, Jacksonville I just want people not to sleep on Crosby, I feel like he should be in the conversation. No, and nobody is, and nobody is sleeping on Crosby. He's came, he's coming here, and and really, to be honest with you, you know, kind of made people forget about Khalil a little bit. And the fact that they reached that number four to get Cleveland Farrell. It, exactly. And he's come in balling. I mean, shoot, he gets his hands on a lot of balls, tip balls and things like that and, and racking up them sacks. And he's kind of came a, you know, a fan favorite. So he, to me, he's kind of made people forget about Khalil with the season he's had. So he's going to be a special player. He's, he's going to be very good. They, they're in good hands over there. Yeah, I can't wait to see him in his second year and him develop as a player. Um, Josh Jacobs and you have him on the other side. And the whole point, I'm, reason why I'm saying this is just what kind of job, you know, Mike Mayock did. A heck of a freaking job with the 2019 rookie draft class. But you have Josh Jacobs, you know, who should definitely get Offensive Rookie of the Year. He missed three games. And in 13 games, he still racked up 1,150 yards, you know, and seven touchdowns. Yeah. Average 4.8 yards per carry. Um, so I think that he should, you know, be hands down the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But Ooh, hands down, Fallon? Well... Who are you going to be arguing with me about? Oh, I mean, you know who I'm arguing with. I mean, it starts at the quarterback position, no. right? And the team who, <laughs> and the team who, how many games did the Arizona Cardinals win last year? One. You're talking about Kyler Murray. Oh my goodness! If you look at what Kyler Murray has uh, done this season, God, oh my fine. goodness. He has been absolutely special this season, and to take that team and have that team with five wins. 
and one tie, and he's been playing at a high level. I think it's going to be tough, very, very tough to take that away from Kyler Murray. Nah, I think Josh Jacobs should still win it. I mean, Murray, what? You said five wins and a tie, right? Yeah. The Raiders had seven, and Josh Jacobs only played in 13 and still put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, Kyler Murray did a great job. I will say that. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I'm hoping it was like last year, you know, when, when Saquon Barkley and Baker Mayfield were, you know, the front yeah. runners for the award and Saquon, a running back on a really crappy Giants team, won it over yeah. Mayfield, a quarterback. So I'm hoping that's what happens this year, you know, with Josh Jacobs. I don't know if this Raiders team was that crappy, and I don't know if this Raiders team is more crappy than the Cardinals team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Car- the Cardinals team is really crappy, and uh, Kyler Murray found a way to help those guys. Okay get five wins. And not only that, they were in a lot of games as well. I think it's going to be tough to take it take it away Hold from on, him. So you're saying because the Cardinals were more crappy and they won at least five games with Kyler Murray that he deserves it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right, you're exactly. right. Now you're right because the Raiders yeah, had so other that, weapons. It's going yeah. to be tough. And then, I mean, I don't know his numbers right off the top of my head, but somebody was, was showing me Kyler Murray's numbers compared to like when – other quarterbacks won the MVP or Offensive Rookie of the Year, and oh my goodness, it, it was not even close. Oh, I want to okay. say, I want to, I don't know if he threw thirty touchdowns uh, or something like that, but I want to say he's one of the only quarterbacks to rush for five hundred and throw for thirty touchdowns. Oh, okay, well I got to, but look I that could up. be wrong though. Yeah, yeah, I could be wrong. I should have pulled it up right now, but no, don't yeah. don't don't put out some false stats when you don't know. Okay, if they're facts. <laughs> but it's very behind. close, though. <laughs> <laughs> because that sounds good, James. That sounds good. I know it sounds very good, but just believe it's very close. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I, I just got to, you know, rock with my with my Raiders, you know? I gotta Absolutely. Rock. I hope Josh gets it, but I'm just saying it's going to be hard to take it away from Kyler. Yeah, you're right. I was just hoping that Josh uh, played, you know, 16 games and then his numbers were just ridiculous. Now, so that would have probably gave it to him hands down if he played all 16 because he he probably would have had 1,500. That's what I'm saying, 1,500 yards and a little and a few more touchdowns, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, with that said, again, Mike Mayock did a heck of a job with the 2019 rookie draft class. You know, um, I'm still scratching my head, though, over the number four pick, Cleveland Farrell. Give him time. Give him time. I know. I'm giving him time, but he still, again, was the number four pick. Uh, but you yeah. had, you know, Farrell, Crosby, Jacobs, Runfro, Foster Moreau, Jonathan Abram, who was injured. So I'm pumped about the future. I'm pumped about the 2020 draft class. Uh, the Raiders officially have the 12th and 19th overall picks in the upcoming draft. So I'm excited to see what Mayock can do then. But with that said, it is time for some oh-so-early predictions. The Raiders' opponents for the 2020 season, they're set. Um, and this is what it looks like, James. So home, of course, division games. You got Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Bills, Dolphins, Saints, Bucks, Colts. Okay, pay attention because I need a, a prediction from you. Away, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Patriots, Jets, Falcons, Panthers, Browns. So knowing their opponents, um, and I'm assuming they hit home runs in next year's draft and get some guys in free agency and their rookies, you know, will step up in year two. Um, I say the Raiders can win nine or ten games next year. I'm leaning more towards nine, to be honest, because we don't know what they're getting, you know. But what about you? I think that they could squeak in as a wild card next year with nine wins and possibly ten. Okay. So I don't know if you've been watching Twitter and you've seen me pick the Packers schedule, right? <laughs> and I, <laughs> Lord Jesus. And I 
and I had him at 13 and three, right? Okay. Um, at beginning of the season, before the season even started, and everybody, uh, yeah, everybody no, was looking at me crazy, see. like what's going on. So, right now on keeping the tree hunted on the podcast, and I am gonna go on a limb and say that the Raiders will win 11 games. Hold on, really? Right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay. And this is why I'm saying that, okay? Oh, Jesus Christ. Since Gruden and Mayock have came in this building, yeah, they have been the most aggressive head coach and GM in the world. <laughs> maybe, maybe on the, maybe another close guy right behind him is Dorsey, John Dorsey yeah, yeah, from the yeah. Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They have been super aggressive in free agency, and obviously they got two more first round picks this year. So I'm gonna say in free agency, just like they were last year when they went chasing all these big time guys, the Antonio Browns, Richie Incognitos, Vontez Burfix, just they're going out getting guys that people don't want and guys that they want on their team. I am gonna say they're gonna be very, very aggressive this next free agency before the draft even happens and get more guys in there. And then they're going to hit on the draft class again. And the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr are going to go to Las Vegas and they are going to have a bunch of new additions on their team. Derek Carr is going to be in year three in coach Gruden's system with a bunch of weapons on the offensive yeah. end because a number one receiver with speed is coming. And I'm going to say they are going to find their self winning 11 ball game. But I have to call you out. There ain't no buts. No, 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 no. No, buts that's what, no, no, no. But they're not going to win the division, right? Because that's what you said a couple weeks ago. They're not there yet. Well, no, I can't say they're going to win the divisions over the Kansas City Chiefs yet because the Kansas City Chiefs are young. They have everything. I know they're probably going to build up on the defense because they don't got to pay Patrick Mahomes yet. So I'm going to say they're going to lose the division, but I'm going to say they're going to be 11-5, and kind of like this Niners and Seahawks division. They're going to have a very good year, but I still think the Chiefs are the top dog in the division right now, and the Chiefs will win about 12, 13 games again next year. Now you can't sleep on Denver either. Because they have a young quarterback who's exciting to watch, as we saw yesterday. I understand all that, but I don't. I don't think that they're going to be as aggressive as aggressive uh, as Mayock and Gruden and getting the, getting these players in there. Elway Elway hasn't shown us of him being aggressive to get big time players in there and things like that. So I don't know if the Broncos are going to. Maybe they'll be probably better than they were this year, but I don't know if they're going to be ready to compete. Like like Gruden is ready to get this thing turned around and compete now, and he's ready to do it by any means necessary. No, and I love that you are positive. Because because I feel like a few weeks ago you were like, nah, they're like three or four years away. But you were talking about three or four years away from competing for a Super Bowl title. Yes. 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 Okay, so yeah, they could sweep into the playoffs next year for sure. I love your 11-game prediction. I'm going to you know, revisit this next year, this time next year, to see exactly what the Raiders did. Hopefully less drama entering next season for sure. But John Gruden... In John Gruden's return to the Raiders, the Raiders are 11 and 21. So all the blame wants to be, you know, on Derek Carr. Everyone's saying, oh, it's all Derek Carr's fault. The reason why this team sucks. Uh, no, the defense sucks. He didn't have weapons. And John Gruden also has to shoulder some of this blame, correct? Absolutely. I mean, shoot, it's not on just Derek Carr or just the defense, just the offense. We all know that this is a team game, the ultimate 
team game. And it's, it falls on everybody. I mean, Coach Gruden knows he has to do better. Defense know they have to do better. I'm sure Derek Carr knows that he has to do better and make those throws. So, I mean, it's on everybody. The good thing is, is they have everything they need, man. And they're going to get more players in there. I mean, and they got so many good young players to build around, and that's the excited part about it. All right, we're going to wrap up with this. Ugh. The Raiders' final record in Oakland since returning to Oakland in 1995. So this is their second stint in Oakland. Here's their record. 160 and 240, (laughs) which is a 400 winning percentage, which ranks 30th in that span. The only teams, the only two teams with a worse winning percentage during those 25 years. Can you guess who they are, James? Nope. Just give a wild guess. You said guess who the teams are? The teams that have a worse winning percentage in the last 25 years than the Raiders. There's two teams. Oh, okay. Um, let me see. Worst winning percentage. In the last 25. In the last 25 years. Oh, my. Tampa Bay. Nope. Jacksonville. Nope. Lord, have mercy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the Raiders. Uh Lions, Detroit. Yes, yes, yes. And one other team. One other team. Detroit Lions and... It's right in front of you, James. You spoke about them. The Chargers? No! I don't know who that second team is. The Browns. The Broncos? The Browns. Oh, Oh, how do I not say the dang Browns? Exactly. I was like, what the heck? I thought that was like a no-brainer. Oh, man. The Brownies. Those are the only two teams that have a worse winning percentage than the Raiders in the last 25 years. So in the last 25 years, the Raiders have only had four winning seasons and four playoff appearances. Wait, wait, wait. So say what you just said to me right now, Fallon. Okay. They had what? Four playoff appearances in the last what? 25 years. Four playoff appearances in the last 25 Since years. Since we were 10 years old. Said? Yeah, that's terrible. Okay. And did you see the teams that Derek Carr has been on? <laughs> and he's already took them to one <laughs> playoff and possibly could have <laughs> took them to two more. Man, y'all better leave Derek Carr alone, man, and bring him to Vegas, man, and put some respect on hey. his name, man. He's giving, he's giving the Oakland Raiders and that organization some hope, man. And I was there when he brought the hope in the building. Exactly. So with all these Raider fans, I think you need to put things in perspective, y'all. Okay, for the last 20 25 freaking years. That's over two decades. The Raiders have only had four winning seasons. So I think y'all need to pump your brakes when it comes to Derek Carr, as I said, you know, for the last, I don't know how many weeks and this whole freaking season, season basically. Um, But although it does crush me, James, to see the Raiders, you know, leave to Vegas, I think they do need a fresh start and maybe they can get back to their glory days and get back to the Raiders winning ways with a new city and a new venue which, by the way, is going to be beautiful, a new nearly $2 yeah. billion dollar venue. So we'll see. Any parting words for the now Las Vegas Raiders and the old Oakland Raiders? I'm just, I just want to tell Raider Nation to be excited, okay? Be very excited because great things are coming. And I know they leave in Oakland and it hurts all of us, but we still going to be Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider, no matter where they are. But it's exciting because it's a lot of young, good players to build around. And this is going to be a playoff team very, very soon. Yes, I cannot wait to see the moves that they make this offseason. And I cannot wait for the 2020 NFL Draft. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.